My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. Good morning, everybody. All right, let's get started. Welcome to week one of Mark. I am so excited. Woohoo! That's right. That's right, Luke. We raise our hands and we pump. Yes, this is fantastic. That's what I'm talking about right there. You win right there. All right. So uh, we're, today is in, uh, an introduction and orientation to Mark. So uh, you, you will benefit greatly if you have done the homework already. Uh, and today is one of those odd days where your handout is exactly as my teacher notes. So you have everything that I've got today uh, as far as what we're going to be going over. And uh, so the first question that you might want to answer when you're thinking about a book of the Bible is, where is this book in the Bible? So let's talk for a second about where is Mark? So I'm, I, I pull out this same slide every time we do a new series in the Bible because I'm a bit of a geek and it's science-y in the, like, <laughs> this guy Tim Challies, he's a Canadian and he and uh, another guy got together and they have a beautiful website, challies.com. Tons and tons and tons of great stuff. Uh, and if you are looking to have resources that you add into your theological diet, uh, Chally's is uh, the, probably the best way I could describe him is an aggregator of a lot of other resources. So he will go and he will read 100, 200 blogs a day, and he'll pull the best three or four resources and put them on his blog. Uh, so I, I feel like I get the benefit of hundreds and hundreds of hours of research with uh, an email that I get every morning. But this is one of the resources that he's got on his website. So you got the Old Testament on the left, New Testament on the right, uh, and we start off in the New Testament telling the story of Jesus Christ. So you have the four Gospels. Uh, and then we get into the history of the church, we get into the letters, and we talk about uh, prophecy and revelation. But the four Gospels lead off because the entire Old Testament is leading up to and leading up to and leading up to where is the Messiah, right? God creates a perfect world in Genesis 1. He puts man in it at the end of Genesis 1. Man's there for, we, we don't know exactly how long, but, and then man breaks it, right? And immediately after man breaks it, there's a promise that somebody is coming to fix it. And when we get to the Gospels, there's this collective, ah, finally, the Messiah is here. Uh, and so I am thrilled about spending uh, 10, 12 years in Mark and uh, really, uh, <laughs> some of you are like, wait, what? Yeah, I have no idea how long we'll be in Mark. Uh, Brian Smith is teaching a series on uh, Wednesday nights at Saudi Daisy, and his is an overview of Mark. It's 13 weeks, and, uh, and I'll, I'll be quoting a couple of things that he shares uh, there, and it's a fantastic series. And he, he mentioned Wednesday night that they would be uh, running through Mark and that Jim Fleming's class would be walking through Mark. And I, I went up to him afterward and I said, we're actually not going to be walking through Mark. I said, Brian, you, you, have, you have worked at a, a nursing home before. I said, I, I don't know what the technical term is, but, but when somebody kind of goes about this fast, I said, what do you, what do you call that? And, and I thought he was going to say shuffle, right? And that's not what he said. He said, we call that a fall risk. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. I said, so that, 
So now I have a term for what we're doing. <laughs> we are going through Mark at a fall risk pace. So we are taking our time. We are not in a hurry. Uh, and one of the things that I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this year and next year and whenever we finish uh, is when it's, when it's time for Sunday school to end, we're going to stop teaching and we'll pick up there the next week, um, which is scary for me because I love schedules, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Now, one of the first questions you might have after finding Mark in your Bible, and if you don't have a Bible, we're using the ESV translation for Mark, and uh, you should have each gotten at our last Sunday school class of the year uh, one of these. And this is a ESV scripture journal, uh, and it's designed so that you write in it. So if, if you are one of those folks that is kind of nervous about writing in your Bible because it's the Bible and it, it, it's, you were, somebody told you errantly that you should never write in your Bible, then I'm going to give you one that you can write in. So if you don't have one of these yet, I have several here. Uh, and David, if you could assist in... And I love how Tim just jumped up and he didn't even wait. So we've got... And I've got several more. We'll order more. It's the great thing about Amazon. It's just buy more, right? It's awesome. So one of the questions you might have, uh, and, and maybe you have this familiarity, maybe you don't, but uh, the next question on the uh, handout there, I, that's all I got for today. So we'll get some more. Guess what? You'll need to come back next week for more. <laughs> that's where I need a white cat and I stroke it and I have an evil grin or something, right? So one of the next questions you may have is, and it's a great question, but what is a gospel, right? Because we use this word in two pretty significantly different ways in modern Christianity. Uh, so if I ask the word, if I ask the question, what is the gospel, what would your answer be? Yeah, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? And we get this from the New Testament. We can see different passages where the authors are talking about what the gospel message is, and it's, it's encapsulated in the very short statement, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? So what is the gospel? But when I say, what is a gospel, I, I actually find that that can be a bit challenging to define because most of us want to define it as one of those four books that start off the New Testament. Well, it's, a, it's a quite re recursive definition, right? So what is the number four? Well, it's the number after three, and it's the number before five. It's the it's what you get when you add two and two. It's four, right? How do, you, how do you define these things that we are so intimately comfortable with? So the word in the New Testament, uh, euangelion, is uh, a good message or the good news of the redemption through Jesus or the, the, the good news. It's, just, it's a fantastic message about Jesus Christ. And if you go to Merriam-Webster and you type it in, it says one of the first four New Testament books telling of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have never read anything as awesome out of the dictionary in my entire life. That is the gospel right there. In the dictionary. Like, Merriam-Webster is printing this, and they've put it on their website, and they are telling people this is the gospel. I didn't know the dictionary had good theology, but they do. <laughs> this is so incredibly encouraging to me that the dictionary has good theology. What's that? Yes, he was. He was a, he was a, he was a believer. That's absolutely right. And an exceedingly brilliant human being. I mean, to think about, I think I should write down all the words that are in our language and then write out definitions of them. I mean, that's not, that's really spectacularly not normal, right? I mean, this is, 
who are way out, like the bell curve of humanity, you're like 17 standard deviations that way. It's craziness. So what is a gospel? It's, a gospel is a book that talks about the life of Jesus, right? And in the New Testament, it's a book that talks about the life of Jesus from the perspective of somebody who saw it, which is really kind of cool, right? Because I get all of my information secondhand about Jesus. My data about him, right? But these guys didn't. They were, they were there, which is kind of fantastic. Yes, sir. You have to speak up so we can hear you, sir. Ah, to stand before God. Well, he, uh, hopefully he has done that. <laughs> it's a beautiful thought, right? It's a beautiful thought. All right, so uh, the next question, and, and if you have done any amount of study or research on the Gospel of Mark, you will find that there are a billion opinions about the next question. And I want, I want to as clearly and succinctly tell you my perspective on this. I do not care. If it was important, it would have been baked into the text of Scripture itself. It was not. So I am not going to, this is how that absolutely, so who wrote the Gospel of Mark? We don't know for sure. Okay? Is everybody on board? How many of you have read the Gospel of Mark? Oh, that is wonderful. That's like the best Christmas present you've ever given me. That's just fantastic. That is wonderful. Now, how many of you have read it since I gave you a copy of the book of Mark? All right. Right? Did you read the whole thing, Luke? Oh, okay. All right. You're getting there, though, right? Yeah. All right. Good. 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 We'll get there. It's fine. So for those of you that have read it recently, who does the text say that wrote the gospel of Mark? It doesn't, right? Yes. That's why I wrote that we don't know for sure. Uh, and, and one thing that I want to make sure that we don't do as we go through our series in Mark is that we don't take somebody's opinion and fight over somebody's opinion. Does this make sense? What I want us to do as we go through our study of Mark is to look at the text and be confronted with, am I going to believe and behave according to these words? Because if, if somebody has done a lot of research and study and scholarly work and they've come to a conclusion, that's nice and it might be really helpful but it's not on par with the text of Scripture. So I want us to make sure that as we go through, that we take the Scripture and we hold it up far above anything and everything else. So when was Mark written? Most scholars think it was the first of the Gospels written, likely in the early 50s. I, was just, I, I thought somebody would chime in with a joke on that one. So No? Nothing? All right. Nothing, Dave? Early 50s? Nothing? Yeah, it's okay. All right. Uh, but we don't know for 100% sure. Um, so we don't know for 100% sure. Now, go to the second page of your handout. So what do you see? It's a map, and it's in pretty colors, right? Yes. I thank God for people who are both uh, theologically minded and care about good art. Uh, so this is from visualunit.me. Uh, it's an artist, and he puts out just gobs and gobs and gobs of really good stuff. Uh, Mark Berry. He's a great guy, too. I've, I've emailed him several times. And this is Palestine in the time of Jesus. Uh, and what I love about this particular map is that virtually every single city or location that is mentioned in Mark 
shows up on this map. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a pair of scissors. I want you to cut this out. And I want you to put it in the back of your copy of Mark. And every time there's a city, look back and see where it is. This is how we use resources. What I don't want us to do is to go, oh, hard word, can't pronounce, skip that. No, 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 this stuff matters. Because what we're going to see is we're going to see how Jesus moves throughout the gospel of Mark. And it's a really, really helpful thing. All right. Now, I have taken great pains to make sure that there's no Bible on the backside of that piece of paper. Right? So you can cut the map out and you're not cutting through any Bible text. Because for some of you, this would, you would be put into an apoplexic state of shock. And you're just, the, the, this is the universe ending experience, right? So that is not the case. But we want to be oriented to where Mark takes place. So let me ask you a question. Where does Mark take place? Yeah, in the Middle East, right? Where? In Israel, yes, that is exactly right. Mark takes place in Israel. And this is one of the great things about Mark is that it's very tightly geographically centered, right? This is not, we're, we're not chasing Jonah all over the Middle East, right? I mean, Jonah is, like, you need, a, you need a big map for Jonah. For Mark, you need a really small map, nice, tightly zoomed in. So that's page two. Now, page three. So what is Mark about? So I need to apologize to you here because I have done everything I can do to try to be able to read Mark out loud in less than 36 minutes and I cannot get it done. It sounds like it's just really awful when I have to go that fast. It's just not, it does not do justice to the text. So I will not be able to have a full reading of the entire book in Sunday school. And it is breaking my ever-loving heart. But what I did is I took all of the section headings from the ESV and I put them on one piece of paper. And now we have a bit of a roadmap through Mark. So if you have not yet read the Gospel of Mark, what I will strongly encourage you to do right now, get a Bible and start to read through Mark right now in class. Ignore everything else that we talk about. Because from here on out, I'm talking to the folks who have read the Gospel of Mark. All right, so absolutely, I strongly encourage you, grab a Bible, start reading Mark chapter 1 and read through. If you've read through Mark since we gave you the books in uh, Christmas, then Let's engage with this. So let me ask the question, what is Mark about? What did you observe from reading Mark? Now, those of you that are familiar with our class. Um, yeah, that was, that was. Yes, he did, didn't he? It, isn't it, un, it's, it? Mark is this unrelenting, pounding, heel, 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 heel. You're like, did he ever talk? Did he do any talking in there, right? It's just, it's, it is, so is, is Mark a man focused on action or focused on words? It's much more action in the book of Mark, right? Now, uh, Brian was, was talking about this on Wednesday night, and he said if he, if he met Mark, what he would tell Mark is he would tell Mark, can, you, can we get you a cup of decaf coffee, right? 
And, and as soon as he finishes the cup, can you tell another story? Because they are so awesome. Right? Because you see this man who everywhere he goes, there's substantive, radical, miraculous change. And that is beautiful. It is, and, and he never lets it look. I thought about saying he waterboards you with Jesus healing. And I thought, well, you might need to be healed from waterboarding. So perhaps that's not the best way to put it. But that's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's, it's a healing, 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 healing as you go through. So what else? What else did you observe from reading Mark? Yes, ma'am. Yes. At times he would say what? Shh. Don't tell anybody. We actually don't even get out of the first chapter of Mark before he does that, right? He, yeah, right? He just he couldn't shut up. Because how do you how do you remain quiet about somebody who just fixed your ever present pain? And I don't know if you've ever had chronic pain. Pain that just doesn't go away no matter what you do, no matter who you see, no matter how much you spend. But chronic pain, people will do anything to make it stop. And it's one of the reasons we have such a drug epidemic. Kids, don't do drugs. Good. That's awesome. That is awesome. But it's one of the reasons we have such a drug epidemic in our country is we have so many people suffer from chronic pain and they get hooked on pain medicine that a doctor prescribed and then all of a sudden they're doing... Horrible, horrible thing. So here comes this man who you didn't know, who comes into your city and does this amazing, miraculous work, and he changes your life forever. And then he asks you to be quiet about it. That's a really tough challenge, right? I mean, Miss Amy, if, if, if the doctor, the next doctor that you go to cures you, completely, totally, never to return. Are you going to stay quiet about that person's name? No, not at all. And, and, yeah, right. Because right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've had this conversation a couple of times because when I ask the question, hey, what can I do? What, let us know what we can do. The answer is, thanks. Yeah, that's a very hard question. And, and so you have this man that comes into the town and heals again and again and again. And, and was it, so let me ask you a question. Was it one type of a thing that he healed over and over? So he didn't have a specialty? See, we've had some health issues with our son, and he has a cardiologist, and he has a pulmonologist, and he has a general practitioner. Now we're going to go get a new cardiologist and a new pulmonologist and a new GI doctor in Cincinnati in a few weeks. We got a date. We're so thrilled. Thank you, Jesus. But each one of these people that we're going to go see, they have this tiny little slice of the human body that they focus on. And they have spent decades practicing and preparing for somebody to walk into their office to fit all the specific criteria so they could assist. And Jesus didn't have any of that. It was a, you bring it and I will heal it. And that is, so, so I want to take a second to make sure that we contrast how we currently treat chronic pain versus what Jesus did to it. Does this make sense? I want us to see the vastness and the amazing glory of what Jesus Christ did when he was here over and over 
and over and over again. And this is what, to me, is one of the big themes of Mark, is that we serve a healing Savior. Right. Right. It, it, it's, it's like, what do you do with that? Right? There was a dead person, and now there's not a dead person. I've been to a lot of funerals. Never had that one happen. I would run hard. I, I'm going to guess that nobody in this room, Julie may have seen a video of me at some point playing basketball. There's a potential that she is the only person in the room that's ever seen me run hard. Because I don't run. But if somebody's come back from the dead, <laughs> uh, Dave, you got the rest of the lesson. <laughs> okay? <laughs> like, not happening. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, you probably would. Because I'm going to stumble and fall and face plant, and then I'll need, yeah, then I'll need Jesus to heal, right? <laughs> There's that. All right. So what else did you observe from reading Mark? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. The physical and the emotional healing, yes. That's right. We all have emotional pain. That's right. Because it makes that pain stop for a minute, right? Yeah, yeah. Can be a lot of be a lot of complex issues rolling around in there. Yeah, Doug. Gary's brought this out several times, but one of the things that I'm always struck with when I read Mark is how often Jesus will physically touch the person, right? So David, he has the power to speak it from a distance, and absolutely, I mean, this is, this is how he made the universe, right? He spoke the worlds into existence, and it's just stunning. But he laid hands on people that were dirty and broken and diseased and contagious, in a way that was incredibly dangerous at that point in time, right? You couldn't go to the drugstore and get a prescription for, I'm just going to get some leprosy pills and I'm good to go. You, you know, we have antibiotics that'll 
stop leprosy now. If you have leprosy in the United States, you, you will not lose fingers and toes because you'll go to the doctor before it gets bad and we'll give you pills and medicine and it'll stop it. Now, it won't grow back, but you won't get any worse. They didn't have that then. Right? It's a whole different world. So Jesus reaches out and he touches somebody and he interacts with them very, very personally. Right. That's right. All right. What else did you observe from reading Mark? Skip. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. Do, do you know what Mark's favorite word was? Most people think it is. It's actually not. And. You, next time you read it, you count the ands. It will drive you up. I don't know if you've ever, if you ever listened to a speaker and um, they, um, um, and I um, find my um self um, counting um, the ums. You ever counted any ticks that a speaker has? I worked very hard to stop popping my peas when Daniel Goble told me I was popping my peas on the podcast. <laughs> it is very difficult to stop that. It was great feedback. It was, and I listened to it. And once I heard it, I couldn't hear anything else. And it was so awful. <laughs> and I just, I'm sorry for anybody who's ever listened and that's all you heard. So thank you for the feedback. But Mark says and, 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 because it, you're exactly right. It's a very short amount of time. trying to communicate theological truth, communicating it in a way that Luke can get it, and in a way that uh, Mitch Johnson can get it simultaneously, that's not an easy task. And in a way that hides the message that you're trying to communicate from the people who are literally 10 feet away listening that he didn't want to understand. Right? I mean, this is... This is masterful communication. Uh, Andy Stanley wrote a book one time on Nehemiah. Uh, the title of it is Communicating for a Change. And, and I probably read Communicating for Change at least every two years or so. It's, just a, it's a brilliant book on communication. But Nehemiah's got nothing on Jesus. <laughs> I mean, he's just unbelievably amazing. If you think about it for a second, uh, when Jesus spoke all of creation into existence, the moment that the words were formed and said out loud, language itself was created at that moment. The word created all words. It's a beautiful concept. 
So the fact that he was really good at communicating, that should kind of make sense to us because he created all language, right? You ought to be pretty good at it. But yes, that's absolutely right. All right, what else did you observe from reading Mark? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did he have any long days? Yeah, it's just, it's, sometimes you're, you're looking for, when did the sun go down again? Like, have we started a new day yet? Because it's just and, 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 and. But his degree of patience with people that were hurting, who wanted to hear truth, not from the way that the scribes and the teachers in the synagogues taught, but somebody who taught with authority and with power in this whole different way, right? All right, I thought I saw somebody over here. Yes, next, Chris. Yes. <laughs> he, he's not going into the right. Which is a great message, right? Which is yeah. A great message. <laughs> Right. Right. It is very much so, and and some of us uh, love a get to the point speaker, and some of us love all the detail. Give me, God, give me Luke, and let me savor in the color of the coat the guy four rows deep was wearing, and you're like. Okay, that like, like, did Luke have ADHD? I mean, come on, like, what's the deal? There's like all these things that he checked. And Mark is just this relentless action, 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 parable, action, 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 parable, action, and away you go. Mm-hmm. Yep. Does it say that? Yeah, the notes do. Yeah, I know. Yes. You know why? How, why, do we think, why do we think that he was writing to Gentiles? Oh, no, 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 no. Why do we think he was writing to Gentiles? So that's your homework assignment for next week. Read the book again. Why do you think he was writing to Gentiles? Because the book tells us. There's lots and lots of evidence inside Mark. So what, here's, here's what I'm going to stop. Every time, every time I ask a question and we start to guess, I'm going to stop and I'm going to go, no, let's go back and look at the text. Okay. So why do we think he was talking to Gentiles? Because there's tons of internal evidence that supports this. It's a, it's a really safe conclusion when you read through the book and, and look at it. All right, so uh, let's see. The, of Jesus' ministry was about three and a half years, yeah, ish. Now, do you know why we know that? Do you know why we think we know that? Not from Mark. <laughs> Because Mark makes it feel like it was four days, right? I mean, it was just like we, I mean, it sounds like it was four days, right? It was just, okay, the, the sun went down finally. There we go, right? Uh, no, the Gospel of John talks about uh, three different Passovers. And if you have three different Passovers, you have to have at least three different years. 
so we know it, it, it took place at least that long. And, and one of the Gospels talks about that Jesus kind of came into public ministry when he was about 30. So he's, he's about 30. And the Bible says about, I'm going to say about, I'm not going to say 30. Right? So about 30 and at least three years of ministry, then maybe 33 when he died-ish, right? Some wiggle room there. Um, but Mark actually covers more than one year because we know that it covers the baptism, right? Because it says in chapter 1, cover the baptism. We know it covers his death, and we know that time frame is three. So Mark's taking these little snapshots of a much longer time period. So think about Mark is skipping a rock across the ministry life of Jesus, and it's we're going to pick up a story, 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 and away we go. So it's, it's actually very difficult if you just read Mark to realize this is three years long, right? So good, great observation and point there. All right, so let's talk about page four for just a second. So let me ask you a question. Did page three help? Was, to, was page three an interesting way to think about a book of the Bible? Uh, this hit me uh, Friday morning in the shower, that idea. And I was like, I think that's kind of cool. And I, I really, really was glad that I didn't forget before I got out of the shower about the idea. So I thought it was helpful. Uh, all right, so our schedule. You see, what's our schedule? Uh, we don't have a schedule. I crossed that word off, right? We have a plan. Uh, so today's an orientation, a kind of big picture of you. Next week, we'll start with Mark 1-1, and we'll go until we're finished each week. My, my guess next week is we'll go until we're finished. Um, the, uh, the, sometimes I tell jokes and y'all don't laugh, but that's okay. Uh, so our resources. So the Holy Spirit is our uh, resource. Uh, the ESV Scripture Journal. The, this is the, the little book. Uh, mine has a pencil in it where I have uh, begun to mark up and mark up. I love a good theology joke. Sorry. It's just a good... It's not really theology. It's a good Bible joke, right? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Barbara... Yeah, I should leave that department today, Barbara, right? All right, so I've got a couple other links listed there. Uh, and then I've listed some additional resources. And, and some of you ask me periodically, you know, where do I go to get a good book that will help me understand a little bit more? And, and my, my first answer for the past several years has just basically been, you need to read the text again. And after you've read the text about 30 or 40 times, and I am not joking, after you've read the text 30 or 40 times, that is a great time to then start thinking about, all right, so what, what's some ways to think about this that, that I haven't thought about that the Holy Spirit hadn't revealed yet? Um, and that first additional resource is the Building a Theological Library. This is a uh, tool that Brian gave to me several months ago. Uh, and it basically, I, I piggybacked off of that, and I got several books that are going to help me as I go through and teach. So if you want to be familiar with the stuff that I am referring to and resourcing as I go through Mark in my own personal study, these are the, the books and the resources that, uh, that I am personally going through. So uh, jump down to our homework. Uh, oh, and the one that's not in here is the precept upon precept. So thank you, Thesa. Uh, my women's Bible study last oh, semester. Oh, I know. But it, the one that was not on the, it wasn't in the Aiken book. And it should have been because it's really good. So thank you to my women's Bible study teacher from last semester. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, so our homework uh, is to pray for help in understanding Mark. Please understand that before you crack the book open, that's our first assignment. Then we hear Mark multiple times. I would encourage you to have an audio Bible that you're listening to. 
Uh, think about Mark often, day and night. Talk with somebody, dead or alive. I don't care about Mark. Um, now, if the dead people talk back, then we, like, careful. Um, share your insights about Mark, and then invite a member and a non-member. So I invited uh, three people to Sunday school this morning, and none of them came. <gasps> so I'm never inviting anybody again. <laughs> no, that's not how this works. So who are you going to invite to Sunday school? And my suggestion is at the bottom of the page there. Uh, you are going to be frustrated with this series if you don't do the homework. Uh, I'm going to teach and expect that you do the homework. So if you get frustrated, that's on you this year. Okie doke. So I'm just going to rip that bandaid off. We're all going to be abundantly clear. So that's where we're at. So let's go ahead and move into our table prayer time. Uh, you should have a weekly update on your table. Uh, go through, pray for those prayer requests, write down any new prayer requests, and then make sure your name is at the bottom of the page for our attendance purposes. Thank you for coming to Sunday School today. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.